Have you ever seen what happens when um, an athlete gets an injury and he and they struggle to get back on the field? They go through the rehab. They go through everything that's going on, and and they get to a place where they're finally able to make the return. And it could be that the player that replaced them. Um, gives the team a reason that they no longer need to be a part of it but there's a coach who just simply wants them on the team i'm going to talk about that a little bit today i'm calling this one the return but please please listen to what i'm saying in this and welcome to the where the wild things aren't podcast here this week it's been a couple weeks since we had one um and so this is the return episode. Uh, here's the thing. It's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. So I, first and foremost, what I want to do is I just want to talk about what's been going on. Ultimately, um, my life changed. Uh, I didn't expect the things to happen that did happen and as the days have gone by, it's been quite interesting to say the least. But hopefully through this conversation, there's something that can happen for us in the process. And uh, not necessarily for me so much as I hope that what I've been through can help you. So I've been at, I had been at the radio station that I was station manager of for almost 10 years. Um, no, I just, the reason I want to talk about this is because I think uh, there's something about this idea of a return. We We talk about athletes, we talk about their uh, injuries, the the, and then you have those comeback players, those who, um, through the process of uh, something, have found the peace to return, uh, and and sometimes better than ever before, sometimes maybe not as good, but you know that's all in a a manner of viewpoint. But one of the things that really um, I've thought about through all of this has been this idea that the struggles we face in this world are difficult at best. Um, Jesus did promise that in this world we would have trouble. And so the, sh- the long story short version of what has happened, um, the ownership of the station that I was station manager of, which was a gospel station, a ministry for me. It was an opportunity for me to be uh, something that I um, am, that I've been called to do. The ownership decided that a format change was needed. And so in the process of this format change, they they really put me in a, a place where, unfortunately, they change the game a little bit I I don't want to put them in a bad light because by no means do I feel that they uh, wronged me 
um, in fact, just to understand the business side of things and how that works, ultimately what the reality is is that when you're in business, and any of you who uh, may own business, if you're spending more than you're making, then obviously something needs to change, right? So that's kind of where we're at in this. It's this idea that mentally we have to overcome. Mentally we have to over um, overcome the circumstance. And so one of the things that has happened in all of this is that now here I am and it, it really opened my eyes to a few things. Uh, one is this idea that I think we can all learn from. So just bear with me in the process. But I, I want to just tell the quick story. I've For almost 10 years, it's been a ministry to me. I felt called to it. And the moment that they removed the ministry from it, uh, I, I said that, uh, you know, if it's not for God, it's not for me. And I have to stick to that because I believe that God... Uses me as a minister of the gospel. I believe the things that he has done for me over the last 10 years and the relationships that I've built, the things that he had really transitioned me into. I feel like there's a season for everything. In, in Ecclesiastes 3, it talks about there's a time uh, for each season, at every season under heaven. and And I believe it was the end of a season. Now, what was so difficult about that was that my dad had been there for 15 years prior to me being there for 10. So for 25 years, roughly, of my life, um, this station had been a part of who I was, either with my dad or with myself. But either way, it was something about that station was a part of me. And so the initial news really struck hard. It really broke me down. It brought me to a place of uh, misunderstanding, a place of, of discouragement. Because I had been praying that God would open the doors to, me, to minister in a way that I could do. And, and I found myself a lot like many do where... Um, you're crying out to God and you're asking God for answers and you're saying all of this was for you, Lord. Why would you allow this to take place the way that it did? And in reality, that's the wrong question to ask. See, what God revealed to me over the next few days and something that I'm really, really still praying about and really trying to embrace in all of this. What God revealed to me over the next few days was this. God showed me the glory of his kingdom in a mighty way. I, we've been watching The Chosen at church and, and studying it and, and going through each episode. And, and one of the episodes... Um, that it reminds me of is episode two of season two where Nathaniel is under the tree and he's crying out those same words. And, uh, you know, we get the text in John when Jesus says to Nathaniel, I saw you under the tree and I heard you. And 
and no one else was there. And, and you know, this mindset of, I, I truly believe that God hears us in, in those moments when we pray. And uh, so one of the things that really stuck out to me in all of this was the provision of God, even when I don't understand. And and so I hope that this will help because I've gone through some uh, stages of this in my um, thinking that I, I really want to put out there for others to hear and, and to embrace as well. Uh, first and foremost, one of the places that I found myself was uh, really looking at the first step of this was why might it have happened? Um, why did this not go according to the prayers that I had been praying? What in this was I expecting? And ultimately, did I leave room for God in my plans? Which brought me to the conclusion that this might have been an unhealthy attachment for me. See, what I realized over my prayers and all over the conversations and some of the topics that I had to go through in my own mind was this, that I, while I was there to serve the Lord and minister the gospel and, and talk about him and really try to bring others to know him, I might have been doing it selfishly, self-centered even. And it, it wasn't necessarily that I was doing it for the that wasn't doing it for the kingdom, but it was that I was doing it for another reason. See, ministry is a difficult thing to analyze sometimes. But what I found in the process of the, the next week or so of this learning process was that that unhealthy attachment to what I was doing because of my ties to it for so long I had prayed that the Lord would continue my dad's ministry through me, and he did. But as I said, I feel like it might have been a season that the Lord took that opportunity to offer me a chance to now broaden that or go, go deeper, go further than I had been able to go because of the ties that were there. And the things that were binding it to stay exactly what it was. What I found was that I had an attachment to it because it was my dad's. It was what he did. It was his prayer, his ministry. And my goal was to fulfill the legacy that he set. See, that's where the unhealthy part came in. Because for me, I was pouring so much of myself into that goal for myself. And not the service of the kingdom. I was pouring so much of me into the job that I was working double the time that I was required. Solely to make things happen exactly the way they should. I put my own resources into it. I put my own time into it that, that I didn't have at times. Solely to make it something that my dad had prayed and fought so hard for. But it was not about, it was the identity was wrong. See, it's not that God didn't call me to be a part of it. It's not that God didn't lead me to be there. It was that I had taken it and I had made it my own in some ways where I was fighting against something that God was trying to get me to let go of. Because what I've seen God do since that day, 
when I found out the news of what was taking place, I realized the unhealthy attachment that I had. And a peace washed over me, realizing that my dad's legacy was not the station. It was not necessarily the ministry that he had done and left for me to finish. It was the ministry that God had for me and the example that my dad had left in me. Because, see, I grew up seeing the way that he handled things and and how you embark on your own trek based on what God has called you to do. And that's where I messed up, where I was failing, where I was letting things down. And here's the thing about that was I messed up because I was so caught up in wanting to be what he wanted me to be but not what God wanted me to be and I look back over some of the things that I did and some of the realizations of this now and I'm thinking you know it could have been different I could have done this in a different way life could have been a little less stressful for me does that mean that it was a mistake to stay there no I do believe God works in mysterious ways it wasn't that I stayed there it was that the season was done I had accomplished the task that the Lord had set for me to do. And the season was over. But it was an injury. It was, it was something that brought me to a place that I had to go into the, quote, rehab. I had to start looking at things. I had to start thinking about things. I had to start processing things. And I really had to get myself to a place where I could really understand what he was doing again. See, when, when that was taken away, what it did is it brought me to a place where um, you know, I think about the healings that Jesus did. And, and, the, and the one that triggers in my mind right now is the man at the pool of Bethesda. When Jesus walks up and says, do you want to be healed? You know, it's almost like in this moment, he said, do you want to follow me? It's almost like in that moment, he said, do you want to be stress free? Do you want to be healed? And that's a strange way to approach someone who's trying to follow or wants that for sure. And, and you know, you think of the man at the pool of Bethesda, what did he think? Of course, he wanted to be healed. He had been sitting there for 38 years with no legs working underneath him. He wanted to be healed, but he didn't have a way. See, I didn't know how to relieve the stress. I mean, ultimately, that's why the man was at the pool. He wanted to be healed. But when Jesus asked that question, the answer was yes, of course. See, it wasn't about the pool that could heal him. And see, where I was in that moment, I wanted to be stress-free, but I couldn't do it in the situation I was in. It had to be done through him. He had to be the one. Because see, while I had been praying for the station to be what I thought it should be, I was also praying for rest. I was also praying for revival within the ministry that he called me to. I was also praying for renewal. I was praying for renovations in my own life. And it couldn't happen with that still there.
Something had to give. A season had to end. And so what took place at that pool of Bethesda was this healing. And I've I've thought about this a number of times. No one, we don't take notice of the one who actually can heal us. We look at everything else around us. We look at our circumstances. We look at all of our situations and we say, all right, I need to do this, 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 and this, and everything will get better. We pray about, in my case, the equipment, um, the, the, the ownership, the, the money coming in or going out, whatever the cases might be. We pray about those physical things we can see. But Jesus was actually able to heal the man. But all the man could focus on was the pool. All he could focus on was a, a hope that he could get in that water and it heal him when the one who could heal him was there saying, do you want to be healed? He even probably was like, well, are you going to carry me? Are you going to take me in the water? But Jesus is saying, no, I'm going to heal you. The water is not going to fix you. This situation can't be fixed by the things you're asking for. The circumstances you are in need a touch from the master, the savior, the healer. The sick, the diseased, the lame, the blind, the deaf. They all focus their time and their energy on that water. But when Jesus walked in, they didn't even notice because they were so intent on the water. This water is going to fix me. And the living water was standing in their midst. And he's looking at this guy who's been there for 38 years. And he says, do you want to be healed? And the guy's like, yeah, of course. Listen to what I'm saying. We focus on things that we think will make us happy. We've decided that we need certain things in our life for happiness to happen. We need certain relationships. We need certain people. We need certain situations, certain circumstances. We need certain things for happiness to be received. Jesus is standing in front of us, offering us everything we need. And we're crying out for the things we want to make it better. He's offering us the very satisfaction we're crying out for, the very peace that our hearts are longing for. He is offering us everything we want. And we can't see it. Because of what our eyes are focused on. Do you understand what I'm saying? We want restoration. We want rest. We want the things that we want. But we can't get those things without a touch of the one who can offer them. 
See, I had been praying for rest. I had been praying for restoration. I had been praying for a return. Because I was injured. I was going through the motions at times. I was struggling with minor uh, depressive thoughts. I was dealing with the circumstances and trying to put it all together. Looking at all the things around me, basically looking in the pool, waiting for the water to stir so that I could take a step in and hopefully find that healing. We needed money to help pay the bills. Well, see, the answer that this ownership came up with was a format change. Change the format of the station. It's no longer a gospel station What does that mean for me? It means my ministry now changes. It means I step away from that season and I begin a new season. The return. You know, maybe it's a new team. Maybe it's a new place. Whatever that new season is, embrace it. But you got to follow the one that's leading you into it. What I ended up doing, maybe I held on too long. I don't know. But what I know is that there's 10 years of my life that I would not trade for anything because it's developed me into who I am. I've built relationships. I've I've become a part of a community uh, that I love and I was raised in uh, in a way that I never imagined would happen. But in the process of all of it, I lost my identity. I lost who I was because I was striving to be who I thought I needed to be. But see, that's where all this happened. Was in the moment that I was searching for my identity. He revealed to me that my identity was caught up in the wrong thing. I had an unhealthy attachment to the things that were holding me back. It was like Christ was standing in front of me saying, do you really want to be healed? Because you're still focused on this. And this isn't you. This isn't how this is going to happen. This isn't the healing you've been looking for. See, what happened was this personal moment happened where I encountered Christ and he showed me the things that for me to be restored to what I was to be I needed to get behind the one I claimed I was following I needed to follow in a better way sure I was striving to be what God wanted me to be but I was trying to put my own little spins into it and make these things happen according to my glory it wasn't about my glory it should have never been about my glory but i was catching myself in those thoughts of well what will the community think what will the people think what will this happen what will that happen but in the midst of all of this and in the prayers that i tried to pray i finally found myself in a moment where i was able to lay down and focus for a moment And then the spirit began to pray through me in such a way that I know it was him giving me a peace. 
allowing me to pray the prayers that I'd been wanting to pray, allowing me to open up and talk with God about his plan and where I was headed next. Giving me an opportunity to return. Because what had happened was I found myself injured. I found myself sidelined. I found myself on the bench just longing to be in the game, trying to figure out what came next. When the coach came over and a sense of peace rushed over me because he had a job, he had a task, he had an opportunity before me. And see, the result of that was this quiet contentment that can be found nowhere else on earth because in that moment, I was content. I found a contentment in Christ. A contentment that led me to a place of understanding. This contentment was not in a political party. It was not in money. It was not in the relationships. It was not in the accomplishments accolades that I had it wasn't in my social media likes it wasn't in anything it wasn't in my health it wasn't in my physical state it wasn't in the job it was only in Jesus and he redirected me to a place where I could find contentment in him through a circumstance that I was certain would break me. A situation that I honestly for 10 years dreaded happening. Even though I knew one day it might. I found myself in that moment. Realizing exactly what he had for me. And he was saying to me, you don't need this. I just need you. You don't need this clutch, this this crutch that you've been hobbling on for the last 10 years. It's it's not that it's not been good. It's just it could have been great. You don't need the crutch that you've been holding. I just need you. And I hear him saying that in my spirit now even that there are certain things that we hold on to in this life that we that we grasp to that we clasp onto that are just absolutely destroying us little by little not because they're a bad thing but because they've become an unhealthy attachment and he's saying lay down the crutches bring me your brokenness bring me everything that you have and it just lay it down at my feet. Let me throw it away for you. And he's simply saying today, I just need you. I don't need your ideas. I don't need your weapons of warfare. I don't need your instruments of ministry. I don't need anything from you. I have all I need. I just want you. See, he doesn't even need us necessarily. He just wants us. He, he literally says to us today, I have all I need. I want you. I choose you. I need you as a part of this because I want you as a part of this. That's the only thing. 
the Savior of the world, the one who loves us so much that he went to the cross for us, is literally saying to us today, set aside everything you think you need because I don't need it. I want you. I want you in the form that I created you to be what I created you to be. He's saying today that he wants us. He wants us. He doesn't need our religion. He doesn't need our religious traditions. He doesn't need our rules and regulations that we've come up with that aren't in his word. He needs us. In a state that we're free from those things. He wants us. He chooses us. But he needs us free from those things that we're holding on to. If we would just set it in his hands and let him throw it away, he would look at us and say, you don't need that. I don't need it. I've got everything I need. I want you. I want you as you are. Without the crutch, without the thing holding you back, without the things that are tearing you apart inside, without the things that are causing you strife, strife and stress and all these different things. He's saying to us today, he wants us. See, our return to the game isn't because we bring the skill. It's not because we have the best bat. It's not because we have the best glove. It's that the coach just simply wants us on the team. Folks, we got to understand that today. It's amazing how beautiful that can be in your life. So as I close it out today, I just simply encourage you, really inspect your life. See if you're not holding tight to something you should be letting go of. See if you're not holding on to something that you should have let go of before now. See if there's not a crutch that's holding you back, that's keeping you from running the way that you could. And simply hear what he's saying to you today. I don't need you. I don't need these things you have. I just want you because I choose you. You're mine. I really hope that your return to the game is as peaceful as mine has been. See, I had to take a few weeks off just to get my mind right. But here it is. It's the return. And I feel peace. It's the whole reason this podcast started was to find peace. Well, here it is. There's a peace that passes understanding. I hope you find it today. Until next week. Thank you for listening to the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. You can get it on all major 
platforms that are out there. So we thank you for joining us wherever you're listening. If you want to go listen to another on another podcast, uh, feel free. We, we'd love the plays. Share it with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash where the wild things aren't podcast. No apostrophe in there, no spaces, but you can find us on Facebook or just search for the where the wild things aren't podcast on Facebook. Send us a message. Let us know how we can be praying for you. Also, if you just need someone to talk to about the Lord, we'd love to do that as well. We try to get a new episode up every week on Friday. So until next week, enjoy your week in the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast.